the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Kettering Baptist Church. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. On this morning, I want to invite our attention to Exodus chapter 3. We'll begin our reading at verse number 1 of Exodus chapter 3. The word of the Lord reads as follows. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and large land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore. And I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Amen. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the privilege of preaching, God. We realize that it is through the preaching of the gospel that lives are changed everlastingly. Spirit of the living God, I'm praying that even as I declare your word on this day, that if there's any that don't know you as personal Lord and Savior of their life, that this will be the day, God, they would come into a personal, intimate relationship with you. 
Spirit of the Lord. I pray for those who have drifted in fellowship. God, that they will be drawn back to your side, that they would reunite with you, reconnect with you, chase after you all over again. Spirit of the living God, we need you in this place for those who came in hurting, that they might leave encouraged. For those who came in, God, in despair, that they might leave with the, the wisdom of what to do and how to do and how to do it. So, Spirit of the Lord, we need you in this place. We came out early this morning, 14 degrees outside, ice all over the place, but we came to get into the presence of God that we might hear a word from God. Speak now, Holy Spirit, in this place that we would give your name all the glory and all the honor and all the praise for it is in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This series of messages began on New Year's Eve. Uh, we began uh, preaching from these, this theme, which is our theme for 2017, Passing a New Way. We talked about some of the hindrances in part one of passing a new way. And then on last week, we talked about help for passing a new way, both of which came from Joshua chapter three. When we looked at some help for passing a new way, we said the first thing that would help us in passing a new way is we have to learn how to follow directions, follow directions. Tap your neighbor because we can still preach that this week. Follow directions. Amen. We probably gonna have to preach that part of that message over and over and over again follow directions. But not only do we need to follow directions as we're going to pass a new way, but we have to be fully sanctified to God. We have to be fully set apart unto God with our mind, our emotions, our will, and even our desires need to be set apart unto God. We have to have a heart that wants to chase after him. When he gets up and moves, we ought to want to move because he's moving. So we have to be fully sanctified unto God. And then finally, we found that if we're going to some help for us in passing a new way is the faith of the priest and the faith of the people. There in Joshua chapter three, we realized that God had told the priest that they need to go and step into the water while they're carrying the ark. And once they step in the water, then he was going to do what he wanted to do, which was to stop the water from flowing upstream. And it was going to, it was going to pile up in a heap. And then the people would be able to walk across on dry land. But the people would never have been able to get to the blessing that God had for them, except that the priest first had faith in what God said. And so what we suggested is that we need to be praying for the priests in our houses, praying for the priests in our temples, praying for the priests in our churches, praying for the priests in our communities, that they would have faith to do what God says do. Y'all still here with me? Not only that, but we found that the faith of the people was important as well, because even after the priest stood in the water, in the midst of the water and the water had heaped up, the people had to have faith enough to cross over. There's some people, let me say that this morning, that are still standing on the other side because they don't have faith enough to walk across even though it's still dry land. So we need to be praying for the faith of the people so that we can all get to where God wants us to be. So we pray for the faith of the people and pray for the faith of the priests. On this morning, we find ourselves in Exodus chapter 3. Just to give you a little backdrop on this particular text of Exodus chapter 3, the children of Israel are in Egypt. There's a new king that has taken place while the old Pharaoh was there. Everything was wonderful. Joseph was the man. They had exalted him. He had been escalated, and he was second in charge, so to speak. And, but now a new uh, king comes on. A new Pharaoh comes in, and when he comes in, he's threatened by the number of Israelites. It's too many of them. And he's threatened because he thinks that somehow they might rise up and decide to take his throne and his position. How many know that some folk are just always intimidated by somebody else? Help me, Lord Jesus. I'm just going to talk this morning for a little bit. We need to understand if God has put you somewhere, that's your spot. 
You don't need to be intimidated about nobody else, but he was intimidated about all these other Israelites, and he decided, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to diminish the number of Israelites. I'm going to keep them from multiplying. And so he sent out a message to the, to the uh, handmaids that when the, when the Israelite women have children, kill the boy children, but let the, the girl children live. But the, 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 maids, uh, the, 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 the maids were afraid of God, and so therefore what they, they refused to kill the children, and then they made up a story, and they said, well, you know what? Before we even get there, these Israelite women, they not, they not like us. Before Y'all know this story? Before we even get there, they already had the baby and gone back to work. That, that's my version of the story. And so they said, they were, we're not going to do it. And so he says, well, if you're not going to do it, then he, he sent out an edict to all of Egypt that, that all of the, the Hebrew children uh, that were male to take them and throw them into the river that they may drown. And so then Moses is born into this kind of a, a tension. And when Moses is born, his mother uh, hides him. The Bible says he was a good-looking man. He was a good-looking baby. He was a beautiful baby. And so his mother hid him. And after three months of hiding him, she couldn't hide him anymore. And so what she did, she put him in a basket. And she, she, they treated the basket so the basket would not uh, would become watertight. And they pushed, she pushed the basket down the river. And, and Pharaoh's daughter found him. And as God would have have it, watch this, even though the enemy tried to destroy him, uh, God had it so that he would be saved. And so uh, when he was picked up out of the water by Pharaoh's daughter, uh, she, couldn't, she couldn't feed the child, so they had to find the mother that would feed the child, and God worked it out that, that Moses' own mother was hired, listen to this, was hired by Pharaoh to feed her own child. How many know God can do some miraculous things? What the enemy has made for evil, God will turn it around and make it for good. I wish I had some witnesses in the house. I know it's early in the morning, but God can do some miraculous things and turn some situations around. And so uh, she's there in the, the house of Pharaoh, and, and that's where he grows up in the house of Pharaoh. And, and he begins to learn the ways of Pharaoh, and he begins to learn the ways of the Egyptians. And in his mind's eye, uh, he's, he's an Egyptian, but something happened one day. There were, there were some that were beating. He went out to, to watch the, the labor that was... Was being put on the uh, the Israelites by the Egyptians, and they were they were beating them down, and they were stressing them out, so to speak, and they were they were putting a heavy burden on them because the Pharaoh was still intimidated by these Israelites, so he was determined to make it hard on them. And so Moses goes out one day, and there's a there's a, the Egyptian is beating on an Israelite, and so Moses takes it into his own hands that I'm going to deliver them from this kind of punishment. And so Moses takes the man, kills the man, buries him in the sand, thinking that he had gotten away with it. And so the next day he comes and, and another Israelite says, who do you think you are? You, 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 this is my version of the story. You're not the boss of us. What are you going to do? Kill us like you did the other one. And Moses realized that his secret that he thought was a secret wasn't a secret at all. So Moses realized, you know what, I can't really deliver these people by myself. As a matter of fact, I'm in trouble right now because I've killed an Egyptian, and I shouldn't have killed a man, and I've killed an Egyptian, so I'm just going to take off. So Moses decides he's going to take off. He leaves. He runs out of town, and he's then there in Midian, finds himself in Midian. And in Midian, he serves, he's, he's, he's serving, how do I say this, on the 40th year of his 25-year-to-life sentence. Uh, he's in his 40th year on the backside of the desert tending the sheep for his father-in-law. Y'all still here with me? And while there, he encounters God, and God shows up to Moses to speak to him and to speak to us on how to pass a new way. 
Help me, Lord Jesus. I want to talk to you uh, this morning from the subject matter, deliverance a new way. Deliverance a new way. See, Moses had made it up in his mind. I know how to deliver the children of Israel. I'm just going to go in there with my own strength, and I'm a murderer man, and I'll handle this thing. But God said, that's not how it's going to be handled. Whew, I wish I had some people that understood that it ain't going to be handled by your hands. I know you want to choke them out. I know you want to, I know you want to MM, well, MMF them. You know, you just want to get them in a chokehold and just strangle them until they tap out. Amen. But God said it's not going to happen that way. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bring deliverance a whole new way, Moses. And I believe that God will help us because here's another thing I want you to understand. Moses is 80 years old when God brings this message to him. Pastor, what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say that God can teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been around. God can show you and take you a new way. Y'all still here with me? I've, I've talked to a lot of elderly people and a lot of elderly people, they, they'll say, well, you know, I've been doing this thing this long and I ain't just too late for me to change now. It's never too late to go a new way with God. Y'all still here? And so let's talk about that this, this morning, deliverance, a new way. Moses uh, here in the, our text, first of all, we need, if you're going to pass a new way, if you're going to uh, see this deliverance happen a new way, if you're going to experience the victory of God a new way, the first thing here in the text that I believe that, that will benefit us is we've got to respond attentively to God's presence and his call. Respond attentively to God's presence and his call. In verse number one, we find Moses is here going about his duties as he had been for 40 other years. And it says Moses was tending to the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, uh, the priest of Midian, and he had led the flock to the back of the desert, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Moses going about doing what he normally did for 40 years. He had been doing the same old thing for 40 years. How many people know how, what it's like to do the same old thing? I didn't say for 40 years, but just doing the same old thing. Amen. Uh, he's been doing the same old thing for 40 years, and he has become accustomed to how it's supposed to be. He's probably, he's probably so familiar with the terrain and so familiar with, with, the, with the branches and the trees and, and the bushes and stuff that are around because he's passed this way 40 years in a row. And he's here on this day doing the same thing, the same old way. And then verse number two says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush, so he looked and and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. My, my, my. Here's a bush that's in the middle of, of nowhere. It's on fire, but it's not consumed. And as, 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 as we look at this whole idea of responding attentively to God's presence, sometimes God is right in your presence, and he's like a burning bush, but you ain't paying attention. Lord have mercy. Moses is here and the angels appear to him in this flame and God is saying, I'm trying to get your attention, Moses. And guess what Moses does? He looks at the bush passively. He doesn't look attentively at first. He just kind of going along doing his own thing. He looks and he sees a bush that's burning, but it's not consumed. And he, he's, he's about to go on about his business. Kind of how we do. God is always leaving us signs that I'm trying to show you something new. I'm trying to do something different in your life. But we just pass by it because we feel like we've been this way before. We know how it's done. We know how to do it. And guess what? That's just the same old thing and it's just another day. Same day, different thing. Y'all see what I'm saying? But God is trying to get our attention oftentimes, but we've got to look more than just passively. We've got to look attentively when the presence of God shows up. Y'all still here with me? 
And so Moses begins finally, and he says, uh, verse number three, I believe it is, he says, um, uh, as he's looking at this thing, so he looked in the midst of the bush, was, uh, uh, verse number two, and behold, the bush was, was burning and was not consumed. Then, watch this, then Moses says, I will now turn aside to see this great sight. Now, this is when Moses goes from passive attention to God's presence to active attention to God's presence. He's now very attentive to responding to the presence of God. Let me now turn aside. Let me now step away from my regular routine. Let me now get off my normal path of taking these sheep through the backside of the desert up and past Mount Horeb. Let me now stop what I've been doing every day, the same old day, same old thing, because God is trying to show me something. Let me give God some attention because now God has shown up. So he turns aside and he says, let me, let me see this great sight and why this bush does not burn. Why is this happening? And so Moses gives his attention and to that and watch this. At the moment Moses gives his full undivided attention to that, then God responds to him. Look, look, look with me in this text. In this text, when Moses just saw the bush in verse number two, God didn't say anything. But then when he gives a full attention, he, when he gives active attention to the bush and he turns aside from his regular routine and he goes and sees what's going on, why is this bush burning but is not consumed? The text says in verse number four, when the Lord saw that Moses turned aside to look, then God called him. I wish I had somebody that was wondering why God hadn't said anything yet. God hasn't said it yet to you because you haven't given him your full undivided attention. He's battling too much for the attention of all the other stuff in your life. You've need, you need to understand when the presence of God shows up, he wants your full undivided attention. When it's not until Moses turns aside and says, you know what? I'm going to leave my normalcy of walking these sheep through the desert and I'm going to turn aside and give full attention to this bush that's burning but not consumed. Then God begins to speak and God calls him and says, Moses, Moses. You know what I like about God? He doesn't leave anything to chance. He always doubles up and sometimes triples up on his call. Moses, Moses. You think you didn't hear him the first time? This is God speaking. This is the, this is the Lord, the, the creator of the ends of the world, who just spoke and everything came into existence. He's calling Moses. He's calling him Moses. Y'all remember Samuel in the Bible when Samuel got called, God kept calling Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel gets up. He thinks it's Eli. Samuel, he gets back up. He thinks it's Eli. God, God is very uh, deliberate and intentional about his call. That's why you don't accidentally get somebody else's call. Help me, Lord. God's not going to miss up on this. He's going to call you definitively Moses, Moses. Now that I got your attention, Moses, Moses, now that you're paying attention to my presence here in the middle of your regular routine, can you see how you can miss the, the presence of God in your regular routine? Let me, let me give you one of, the, one of the greatest times we miss the presence of God in our regular routine. Sunday morning when we go to church. We are so regular and so ritual and so religious in our church worship that we oftentimes miss the very presence of God. And when God shows up and he's already moving, doing something miraculous, we, we're so tuned into the regular. We're so tuned into the routine. We're so tuned into the, the choir's ending at this time and the sermon starts at that time and the offering comes at this time. We're so stuck in the regular and the routine. When God shows up in an extraordinary way, we just kind of 
casually look and keep on moving. But God doesn't just show up for no reason. He shows up that he might have conversation with you. He shows up that he might have communion with you. Moses, Moses. And what I love about this text, Moses responds and he says, here I am. Kind of reminds me of, uh, I think it was my, one, of my, one of my children when they were growing up and, and we, would, we would call them and, and we'd, say, we'd ask them, um, where are you? And they'd say, I'm right here. I, I'm right here. And, and, and so sometimes you just need to tell the Lord, I'm right here. It's not that he doesn't know where you are. It's so that you acknowledge, I heard you call me. I, I, I'm giving attention, active attention to your calling and your presence. I'm right here, Lord. Here am I, Lord. And here am I. I can speak to also where you are in your life. Sometimes we need to just be real with God. Can I just talk for a moment? We need to just be real with God with where we are. We come in the house of the Lord. How you doing this morning? Oh, I'm blessed and holy favored. Everything is wonderful. But inside you're toe up. Sometimes you need to just tell the Lord, Lord, here I am. I'm mad, Lord. I'm angry, Lord. I'm upset, Lord. I mean, I'm stressed out, Lord. Here I am. This is where I am. Instead of just pretending like it's just a regular routine, when the presence of the Lord shows up, why not tell him where you are? Help me, Lord. I mean, if you can't tell nobody else where you are, why can't you tell him where you are when he shows up and he calls your name? Here I am. Lord, I'm stressed. Lord, I'm frustrated. Lord, I'm hurting. Lord, I'm sad. Lord, I'm, I'm crying all night and I don't know why. Here I am, Lord. But Moses says, Lord, here I am. God calls him by his name. Moses, Moses. He says, here I am. He acknowledges the call. He gives, he responds, if you will, actively uh, to the presence and to the call of God. Secondly, if you pick up in verse number five, then he said, uh, do not draw near this place. Take the sandals off your feet. Uh, if we're going to de experience deliverance a new way and victory a new way, we've got to respond actively to, the, to God's presence and call, but we have to respect highly the presence of God. Let me say this, brothers and sisters. We, we have got to raise our respect for the presence of God. God says from the bush when Moses turns aside to go look at it, he says, stop right there. Take the shoes, take your sandals off for the ground that you're standing on is holy ground. What made the ground holy, y'all? What made the ground holy was not that there was something in the DNA of the soil, but it was something in the DNA of the one who was, in, who was standing on the soil. In other words, when the presence of God was, that's what made it holy. Y'all still here? We ought not have to have announcements in the bulletin that says, respect the sanctuary because this is the house of God. We ought not have to remind people that this is where God's presence shows up. Where God is and God begins to speak, it's holy ground. We've got to begin to give respect to the holy of God. And when God is speaking, we ought not be texting and, and checking our Facebook for messages and, and tuning in and passing knows no God is speaking we got to have a high level of respect for the presence of God take the shoes off your feet Moses respect the presence 
of God. For the ground that you're on is holy ground. Are y'all still here with me? You want to pass a new way. You, I'm, I'm trying to help us because uh, we, we, we've been doing some things the old-fashioned way. We, we, we need to come a new way. And if deliverance is going to happen, it's not going to happen at your hands by murder. It's not going to happen through the strength of your body the way it did perhaps or you tried to make it happen in the past. If you're going to pass a new way, if you're going to have deliverance a new way, you've got to do it God's way and respect highly the presence of God. If I, if I can just get a few folk to raise their reverence for the holiness of God, I declare Christianity would, would, would begin to spread a little faster. If we would just begin to respect God for being a holy God, it would change the whole way people view us. People oftentimes have a negative view of Christianity because we don't respect the holiness of the God we have. To continue our journey, tune in next week for the second half of today's message. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-574-3515. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. If you aren't following WAVA on Twitter yet, go to WAVA.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.